Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 On and Off the Track with Kim Elman. You can see his photos at ProStarPix.com or read his latest F1 blog at KimElman.com. My name is Adrian and in this episode we're talking about the man himself, the F1 photographer Kim Elman, as well as the upcoming Melbourne Grand Prix on March 14 to 17. How are you doing today, Kim? Excellent. Good to be in your company, Adrian. Let's get straight into talking about you and your experience photographing F1. How long have you been doing F1 photography? Two years. In fact, my first accreditation was for the Barcelona pre-season testing exactly two years ago, I think it was. And I did four days there and fell in love with it. Fell in love. It was love at first shot, was it? Yeah. It's a, a lot of things surprised me about it, but testing, uh, I went along as a guest of Red Bull as well because I already paid for the tickets. And uh, I, did, I did the first day just as their guest and then the second day I sort of eased into it. And by the fourth day, uh, I couldn't be bothered going back to the hospitality suite. I was hooked on being out trackside. So that's how you got your start then with the, with the Barcelona pre-season? Yeah, that, that was the first opportunity uh, where I got to go trackside and, I mean, right next to the fence. I'd actually taken some shots in Abu Dhabi at the race prior, but that was from the uh, paddock club upstairs. So um, not bad shots, but you're never going to get quite as good as what you get when you get the access you get as an accredited photographer. So what did you do before that kind of led to this point? Well, I've got a company in Perth that employs 55 people and one in Singapore that's uh, another five or so, and that's messages on hold. So that, that tends to... Uh, make the money and then I go out and um, pursue the things that I want to do and uh, previous photography wise to F1 I was doing wildlife photography and I spent two and a half years uh, amassing enough photos for a book called Africa on Safari. Uh, In those two and a half years I went on 13 safaris which took about 26 weeks of my life with my good wife And it was an amazing experience. I got to see stuff uh, and went to the most amazing places uh, in in order to get these amazing photographs. So I loved wildlife photography, but once I'd done the book, I thought, right, perhaps that's out of the way. What's my next challenge going to be? Because I love to sort of push myself. Well, F1 is quite a challenge and with the challenges come highlights. So what so far has been your highlights of shooting F1? Yeah, so many. I always think the first time I landed in Monaco and, and watched uh, the first day with the cars on the track in Monaco was a mind bender because I'd seen it on television for so many years and uh, we get quite close to the track. It's a condensed um, track itself. It's um, not that far to walk to the far end of it. So many people, uh, beautiful yachts, the background's stunning. The racing's never that great, but um, photography-wise, it offers plenty and, and that's always a plus. Uh, other memorable moments, Vettel, when he came off in Hockenheim last year, I was on that corner and I thought, oh, wow, I'm right here. It's happened in front of me because you understand when you've got a racetrack that's, say, five or six or seven kilometres long, it's very hard to be in the spot where the crashes are or the incidents. So I was right on top of it. Unfortunately, I didn't get a clear shot of him hitting the barrier because there was some signage in front of me, but I got some beautiful shots of him getting out of the car and kicking the, the, the stones as he walked off and some really beautiful emotional stuff from a guy who probably realised at that point that he might well have thrown away the season. Another great highlight for me was um, when I took a flight from KL to Tokyo. This was after the Malaysian Grand Prix in 2017 and it was all very new to me then and it was, it was always, it's always been exciting but I got on the flight and I sat down and I had Daniel Ricciardo behind me, I had Roman Grosjean in front of me, I had Max Verstappen, I had Fernando Alonso and I had all of these drivers in the same cabin as me and uh, it was it was amazing. I, I got chatting to them all and uh, you get to talk to them when there's not that time pressure that you have in the paddock 
and learn a few things about them and they learn a bit about you and um, it was a great opportunity. So from all those highlights and possibly any others, do you have a favourite photo you've taken so far or are there a few favourites? Yeah, I think um, the Charles Leclerc photo that I took in Abu Dhabi at uh, testing at the end of last year was a cracker. It was the first time he was in his red Ferrari shirt. I was standing at the first corner. It was late in the afternoon on day one of uh, post-season testing. There was no one around. Mm -hmm. It was me, two lenses, two cameras, his manager, Morgan, and I were just sitting there watching on turn one. And I walked up and um, I took a f- probably about seven or eight frames of him and he turned towards me about that point and he gave me a lovely smile. Once again, because there's no one around, uh, you get to have a little bit more time with these guys. A little more intimate. Yeah, and I was using um, a 135mm lens, I think, with a very soft focus. So all the background was thrown out of focus. Him smiling, looking straight down the barrel of the camera. And it was a beautiful photo. And after that, I put the camera down and had a chat with him for a little while, which is always nice, because once again, and I'll get back to this uh, uh, throughout this interview, that there's no time in the paddock. Mm. Uh, and then I put that up and uh, that went crazy. He saw it and I, uh, I've done some stuff with Charles. So uh, uh, we have an arrangement and um, he ended up running it and it was huge. It was just a great photo of a, of a relaxed guy. Uh, first time in the Ferrari shirt. And the other photo I'd probably go back to is one of the first photos I ever took. It was in Melbourne. It was the second day that I think I ever shot on a track and it was um, turn six Max Verstappen's coming towards me it's grey day so the light's not that great but he kicks up these sparks behind the car and I get it and I get it um, so good that I couldn't believe it and probably it's probably my best photo and I did it really five minutes into my career (laughs) So you talked about meeting Charles Leclerc what is it like meeting the drivers and what's your relationship like with them? Coming from not a motorsport background and you see these guys on television all the time it's 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 exciting because they have such a buzz about them especially the the uh, Lewis's the Sebastian's Daniel um, Fernando all of those guys who've been around the sport for a long time have this marvelous aura about them uh, yeah, it's exciting I work well with uh, Pierre Gasly Charles Leclerc Daniel Ricciardo um, I know Seb to talk to and he's always been very good to me uh, look, I think they're all, they're all pretty good guys. Um, they all realise that they need the media as much as uh, perhaps we need them. Uh, some of them work with you a little bit more closely than others uh, who tend to make it a little bit trickier. But, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. You get to speak to them from time to time. And you know, what they do is a pretty harrowing game, I guess. They're mm. putting their life on the line every time they go out there. So you don't expect them to be doing you any favours and posing for shots. So you just have to capture the action that's in front of you. And how much contact do you have with them in regards to all that kind of stuff? Okay, so if you take a, a typical event and it's four days, Thursday through to Sunday, except Monaco, which uh, they don't do the Friday, so it's Wednesday through to Sunday with Friday off. So over the four days, you'll see them coming into the paddock, and that's normally a couple of hours before their first commitment. And then you'll see them going backwards and forwards from the hospitality suite to the garage. You'll see them in certain photo opportunities that they sometimes put on and you get alerted to. Uh, You'll obviously see them on the track and in the pits as they get into the car and uh, in the garage and get out. And at the end of the day, um, they'll head out of the track. So there are opportunities to get shots of these guys, but it's not like they're hanging around all the time waiting for you to come and take a photo. Someone like Lewis is uh, extremely hard to catch. He's very guarded with his um, 
these opportunities and often he'll ride a scooter around the paddock, which I think is uh, good for him for two reasons. A, he doesn't have to stop for autographs and selfies and B, it gives um, perhaps less time for us to take a photo and oftentimes he'll get from his hospitality suite to his garage without anyone seeing him. (laughs) So he he tends to work that well but most of the other, or no one else drives a scooter for a start so he's got that on his own but... um, yeah, we get to spend a little bit of time with them and see them, especially when you uh, you get them perhaps late at night and there are a couple of races where, like Baku's a great example, you'll often see them after dark standing around talking and that's a great opportunity to get different portrait shots. Excellent. What surprised you most about the F1 photography? You don't have decades of experience behind you. The surprise for me was the amount of waiting involved and the amount of walking. Uh, it is a lot of standing around waiting for a driver to arrive at the track or drivers. It's a lot of walking because um, oftentimes there's not a bus that'll shuttle you around the outside of the track. Mm. And you have to walk, uh, typically on a, a, a day where I'm out there, I'll say on a Friday, which is our busiest day, not uncommon to walk 12 to 15 kilometres in the day. Not that I'm complaining because I need the exercise, but uh, it's a lot of work. And consider too, you're carting around, oh, 15, 10 to 15 kilos worth of camera gear. Yeah, all that heavy glass. It is, and it's very harsh on your equipment as well. And the other thing that surprised me was um, the revelation, and it took me some time to get this into my head, that it's really all about the background. The photography is all about the background because those cars are the same every race. What differs is the backgrounds. Okay. And, and I get told by a couple of very learned photographers who've taken me under the wing that I must not get in shots of cranes or public toilets in the background so it's very much positioning yourself in the exact spot and you can be three or four meters left or right and you're in the wrong spot so Mm. yeah there's there's a real attention to detail that the great photographers have so how do you make sure you get the right stuff like what kind of workflow do you have to ensure that your photos are the best they can be i will often plan sometimes not often plan ahead in the race where what spots i want to take so yeah you see what other people are are shooting and you get an idea of where you need to be roughly and you go out there and scope it and uh, if you've got a chance to do it on the Thursday you'll go out and pinpoint some spots but otherwise you, you're aware of where you should be uh, you take the photos and then we will depending on what, what I'm doing for instance uh, when I was working for Sutton's we'd have to get photos up quickly so I would press a button on the back of my camera with the photo that I like it would go to a dongle that sits on the side of my camera then it would go to a, an internet unit in my pocket which would then send the signal up to the ether it would arrive back here to my Perth office it would have a couple of minor things done automatically to it and then it would go to my website and it would go to Sutton's and so it's not uncommon for a picture to be taken at 12 noon and for it to be visible to the world at 12.03 that's some insane technology there just to get it some is. photos or some very beautiful photos online. But it's a, there's also the fact that that's the, the important shots. But otherwise, you'll take maybe a 1,000 shots in a session, uh, maybe 800, whatever the case may be. And then you have to go back to the media centre, open up your laptop, download the photos, go through and quickly through Photo Mechanic, pick the ones that you think are half good, mm-hmm. delete the rest. Then you go through again and delete a few more and a f- delete a few more. Then you bring the good ones into Lightroom. I do. And I will process them with some presets I've got. Sometimes you have to do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go and give them a keyword. Ah, yes. So I've got a system this year that my son Tyler has come up with me that is spectacular. One button puts in Max Verstappen. One button puts in Lewis Hamilton. So with all those keywords, then they're uploaded to both ProStarPix and KimElman.com. And in ProStarPix, you can go in 
and search Lewis Hamilton. You'll see thousands of photos of him. You'll see slightly less of uh, Daniel Ricciardo and very few of Lando Norris. But as the careers, you know, the young guys' careers move on, you get more and more photos. And that's what people need to do. They need to be able to go and search on a photograph. So you could basically, as an event's going on, almost see live photography happening yeah. if you go into ProStarPix or, or KimElman.com. The only drawback for that is the internet at the track because often it's not ideal. And yeah. You've got 100,000 people all trying to access the same um, internet service. Yeah, it, it tends to slow things down. But certainly all the agencies, Getty, LAT, all the big names, AFP, um, that sort of thing, they're all uploading photos quickly because today it's all about speed. It may not be the best photo, but it's the uh, first one up. Yeah, so you mentioned ProStarPix and KimElman.com. Mm -hmm. Where else can your images be seen? Well, I shot for Sutton's, which was pretty amazing because I learned so much with Mark, who uh, runs, runs that show and has run it for uh, the last few years. Uh, before that, was his brother. But um, yeah, that, that was an amazing opportunity to learn from a great. Uh, my photos were seen on F1.com. And for someone in their first year, that's mm. quite amazing. Yeah. Uh, these days, you'll see them in different press articles. You'll see them um, online at those sites where particularly ProStar picks, any newspaper can go and download pictures there for editorial purposes. You as a punter can go and um, download a picture, print it at home and take it along and get Valtteri Bottas to sign it at mm. the next race, whereas in the past I would offer prints. But, of course, getting a print to the other side of the world is expensive and time-consuming. Yes. So I, I bit the bullet there and decided to offer my digital images for a, a pretty reasonable rate so that people can get them instantly. How many other photographers are there at the races? Is it sometimes a bit uh, a bit difficult to get in and get the right shots? Yeah, in a, say, park ferme or podium, yeah, there's, it's crazy. There's elbows going everywhere. But I, I reckon there's probably just over 100 photographers at each race. And I'm, you know, look, I probably should know the answer to this, but I'm guessing there are probably 60 permanent photographers. I'm a permanent. I did my first year race by race. Now I've got a permanent pass. I can go to any race I want. Nice. And uh, there's probably about 60 of us there. But if you go back to 2017, I did every race, all 20 of them in that year, and I think there were probably only 25 or 30 other guys that did every race. So I was in a, um, an illustrious field of... Yeah. Um, photographers in that, that instance an elite group yes so who has inspired you as an f1 photographer who do you draw upon for your imagery i tend to stick around the guys that speak english because it's easiest uh, but i must say mo most of the guys are fantastic they'll often help you out and like if you break a lens or something or you need something someone will normally come to uh, your aid but the guys from getty have been very good to me mark thompson who's a POM, as is uh, Clive Mason, another great Getty photographer. And often, I remember one instance where Mark said to me, he, I was shooting in a, a Bahrain paddock, and next thing you know, I feel this um, shirt grabbed, and he drags me over. This is the spot, mate. I thought, appreciate that. Uh, there's a couple of young guys. Andy Hone is a great photographer. And I mentioned Mark Sutton, who um, gave me plenty of direction, which you know, when you're starting out in this sport, you need some direction. Yeah. You need, in fact, you need a lot of it. It all sounds like it's a very intense, full-on experience. So making getting that uh, help from the people around, yeah, is very important. Let's get into talking about the upcoming Melbourne Grand Prix, the first one for 2019. Melbourne is here in Australia, in your kind of home ground. Mm. Uh, what's it like shooting on the turf here, and how does it compare to other races? Well, for a start, it's only a three and a quarter hour flight compared with, say, somewhere <laughs> like Sao Paulo, which is 25 hours in the air plus a stopover. So 
there's, there's that for a start, and uh, there's no accommodation costs because I've got relatives there. The track itself, it's got wire both sides of it. It's like a, a tunnel. Um, photographically, it's not pretty, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of nice shots where you get the city in the background, but almost always you've got wire. And when you go to somewhere like Monaco uh, and certain spots there where you have no wire, that's a, that's a real buzz. But, yeah, the paddock's nice. I like the paddock. It's a nice feel. It's tight, unlike, say, somewhere like China. China's a shocking paddock. It's a, it's a mile wide and hellishly long, and sometimes you could shoot a cannon down there and not hit anyone. Not the case in Melbourne. Very busy. Australians love the sport, and they have the Melbourne Walk, which is good, so the punters can get up close. Yeah, so you mentioned the Melbourne Walk. That's mm. a chance for for fans to get up and close with their favourite drivers. What tips would you give to people who are going to the Melbourne Walk to you know, get good autographs and good photos with their drivers? Yeah, look, I, I see these people and they get there very early in the morning and they'll stay there all day. And I think these people are absolutely committed. They don't get the chance we get because we walk alongside these guys and um, take their photos all day. So hats off to those people. So if you want to, you definitely want to get there early if you're desperate to get an autograph. Um, be colourful. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Oftentimes these guys have got limited amount of time and they've got to go past know, 150 people. So they're not going to um, stop and come to you unless there's something in it uh, for them in terms of something bright and colourful. So I always look out for people photographically too. When you see some guy with a crazy wig or someone with a cutout, that's always gold as a photographer. Yeah, I've seen some of those photos of people in crazy costumes or big yeah. signs. It looks really impressive. And we gravitate to them as yeah. a photograph. And, and I can tell you right now, the Japanese are the very best at it. They come along dressed to the nines and they are great-natured, polite, as you'd expect the Japanese to be, and um, enthusiastic. Excellent. Well, Melbourne Grand Prix should be an exciting one this year. We'll be doing a post-event breakdown as well and you can talk about your stories and we'll talk about the great photos you get there i remember last year talking about melbourne i happened to be up on the tower during qualifying when uh, valtteri bottas spun Mm. and uh, it was a cracker of a spin i got him coming into the corner it's actually the second quarter got him coming into the corner and then as he let the car out and, and went to go on the outside of the track i thought hey he's not looking too good here and i had to dance around another photographer to my right and then i managed to get him just after he'd hit the wall on the right on the exit of the corner and was spinning across the track uh, and pretty good photos too nice and sharp because you got to understand sometimes we're shooting at um slow shutter speeds to get some arty stuff yeah. and when this sort of happens you've got to have a setting on your camera which i do where you've got to press a button quickly and it goes back to some safe settings where you're going to get a sharp picture may not be the artiest one but in a crash you're not looking for art you're looking for sharp uh recording of the action so yeah when he spun there was stuff going everywhere and that ended up uh, with poor valtteri having to get out of the car during qualifying which was stopped for a short time and uh, Mercedes ended up using that photo in the end-of-year video that they did ah. for their team, which is always nice when you find your material ending up with uh, a team. That's impressive that you can adapt so quickly from one style of photography to another to yeah. quickly capture you know, important moments like that. Yeah, and it was only pointed out to me probably uh, halfway through my two-year career that uh, you need to set up this particular button on your camera as an emergency button. Uh, had it have happened... Uh, too too early in the year, yeah, or, or late 2017, I would have missed that shot. It would have been blurry because I was shooting at a, probably a thirtieth of a second. 
Well, that's what uh, the experience lends you and all these beautiful other photographers helping you out, giving you the right tips. God bless them. Thank you very much for being here this episode, Kim. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, like the, the crash one for Mercedes, head over to ProStarPix.com or KimIllman.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at KimIllman. If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. Music